Welcome. Hello. Welcome to another episode of the podcast starring yours truly, Anthony, the big cat Pierleone. I just made that up. I didn't really make that up. John calls me that. Uh, also, Kevin Minto, familiar face. Hey, Kev. Hi, guys. And, How are you? I'm oh, sorry. I went too fast. I apologize, Kev. I didn't mean to do that to you. And of course, the insatiable, sexy turtle man of the year, every year that it's ever been voted on, Chris Leone. Hi, Chris. Hi. I call you sexy. Does, can we still, can the podcast still be considered a clean show if I call, if I call my yeah. co oh, host sure. sexy? Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. You'd be All surprised right. what you can get away with. <laughs> and and also Steve is with us as well. Steve, are you in the background or are you actually on with us right now? Uh, they can see me, but they can't hear me. They can see you and they can't hear you. Terrific. Okay, that that just For now. that just got awkward. Okay, so he's there, so you can see him. He is pay no attention to the man behind the curtain who you cannot hear, but he is there doing important behind the scenes things to make sure that we don't have echoes or. You know, that sort of thing. Anthony, get your shiny forehead away from the camera, that sort of thing. Important things that we have to do. So uh, we're here and we're excited to be here with you again, uh, guest free, just to try to, you know, keep getting to know our our hosts. Um, Chris, this is about your seventh podcast episode, I think. Am I Even on number seven now? Maybe eight. Maybe eight. No way. Actually, you yeah, I think you did, the ones you were a guest. Yeah, I think you did five uh, as a guest, and then count, yeah, right. Yeah, and then you came on as a host now for a couple. So I think this is episode eight. But who's counting? I told you. I told you everyone that I thought he was sexy. So obviously, I'm a fan, and I'm paying attention to when he's on here. So, um, so we want to get to know you a little bit. It's only your eighth episode, and we want to get to know Kevin a, a little bit better because he doesn't talk that much and yeah but i mean maybe i'm just not listening kev i'm not sure i'm not sure um so we want to talk about reptiles okay seems like a big a a big subject to tackle for a reptile podcast but we're going to do it we're going to do it so we, we find ourselves going down the turtle rabbit hole a little bit all the time. So we also want to hear from our viewers on this as well. So when we're focusing on turtles all the time, are, do you find yourself wanting more? And I know some of our best friends watch the show all the time and we always end up going towards the turtles because that's something we have in common. But there are reptile people all throughout this group. Every one of us is a reptile person who's not just focused on turtles. So we want to get into that a little bit and, and figure out what kind of makes us tick in that way besides just turtles. But obviously the conversation will come back that way because it always does. Um, and then we want to talk about some other reptile podcasts as well and kind of where we're different, um, some of the things that they do that maybe we ought to do. And we want to hear from the viewers as well if... Um, there are things that you think um, you'd like to be seeing a little more, if that makes sense. So, Chris, what makes yes. you think? What what makes you tick besides turtles, man? You can't. And besides turtles, ice cream, and music. You left Nutella out. Nutella. Nutella. 
And of course, your family. I feel like tell we us, always have to us, say that. Nintel is what's going to stop me from ticking. Nintel <laughs> you know is mean? just like all Italian people love it. Uh, I don't know that it's an Italian thing, but but yeah, it probably is an Italian thing. Um, it's just you know when people say, "Well, what? like, hey, it's not about Nutella." If we start getting into Nutella, forget it. Um, first and foremost, um, I think this is good that we're uh, tackling other reptiles here because I I tend to think that there's a lot of similarities between all the different you know like sectors of the you know herpetoculture community if you will and you know that some some can be clicky i mean we can even be clicky we tend to only you know like hang with with the other turtle people you know we go to the turtle conferences we speak at the turtle conferences we write articles about turtles uh we we eat drink breathe sleep turtles pretty much you know um and we are we're all reptile guys and i think this is really cool to talk about because it's something that i've always been into i've always been a snake guy i've always been a lizard guy i love amphibians too you know i love salamanders i love frogs you know every year when the spring peepers start uh out here i know that you know spring should be coming you know <laughs> or or it's or it's basically here and i think it's kind of cool to i'm st- i might get all over the place here but it's just because i want to make sure i bring up all these different points i think it's especially cool that you know if you are into wildlife at all to at least know the wildlife in your area you know you don't you shouldn't just know the turtles in your area you should know how to identify the snakes you should know how to identify the frogs and the lizards and and everything else and you know going to snakes you know we have an entirely different um thing if you will that or situation that we we come into because of the is it venomous is it not venomous a lot of people just kill snakes you know people still do that they hate snakes they kill them well it could have been venomous you know or or i swear it was venomous you know but going back to the question what makes me tick is i love colubrids i love king snakes and milk snakes and i love pine snakes um I also love large lizards, you know, I, as you guys know, and if you follow me on social media, I have a rhino iguana named Mudhorn, and he listens better than my dogs. He's cuddly, more cuddly than my dogs are. He's, he's an incredible, intelligent animal. And I think as a whole, that's something that we forget is that reptiles in general are extremely intelligent. I mean, they've essentially been around since the time of the dinosaur. And why is that? You know what I mean? Why, there, there's a lot of reasons why um, that we can get into. But... Above all animals, and I love all animals, you know, I, I'm, I'm really into wildlife in general. You know, I, if, if we see a black bear, if we go up north, I freak out over that. You know, we get a deer in our yard. Believe it or not, deer are kind of rare down here. And, uh, but for me specifically, it's colubrids and uh, big lizards, a side of turtles and tortoises. So, um, Kevin, would you like to chime in? Sure. <laughs> uh, so... Turtles have been in my life, I don't have memories about them, I should say. Um, very similar with pretty much any other reptile that I could have got my hands on as a kid. You know, I think my first lizard was most people's first lizard, like an anole. You know, it was like $5. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was a Christmas present. I remember very clearly I got a, uh, just like a basically a plastic Easter egg, you know, thing. And inside mm-hmm. was paper saying lizard. Uh, so we got to pick that out. And then it, that grew as I got older. Uh, we'll discuss a little bit later in the show about some of that. Um, but I've always been really fond of monitors. Uh, I keep a pair of monitors now. They're not actually at my house. They're at a close friend's house. What kind uh, of monitors? Uh, Peach throat. Nice. So, Moranus jubiensis. 
to be honest with you. I, I can never say the German, not German, oh my God. Latin? <laughs> the German name, neither can we. <laughs> Guys, so everyone out there, my first day back at work, and yeah. my uh, flying, so it's everywhere. So I apologize if I mess things up tonight. Um, You're seeing why Kevin doesn't normally talk. <laughs> Ooh, you I'm, know kidding, what? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, it's it's our thing. It's our thing. I know. I love I, you, Kevin. Oh, man, it's cool, Anthony. Don't worry I, about it. I think it's <laughs> fantastic. And you know what? In your defense, some of these Latin names do sound German. Well, some of them are right. They have. They could have like Germanic roots with with a fake Latin tail on the end to make it. Uh, you know, binomial name so that it could be used in science, but those things don't make any sense. Testudo Gemini. Spanglerai is an example, right? Isn't, isn't that? Spangler, yeah. Ghostbuster uh, yeah. turtle, right? You could always, you yeah. could always just misspell it Spanglerai. What? Can I say that loud? <laughs> just saying. <laughs> yeah. So Spanglerai or Spangleri, as Steve would call yeah. it. Who knows more about Latin? We've been over this many That's times. Right. But That's right. It's a and we're going down the turtle, we're going the turtle way again. But yeah, that's a German. That's, that's a German Latin name. That's You're going to see throughout the show that you know, as hard as we try here, yeah, we're going to keep going. Uh, ooh, turtle! Like ooh, that's what's of- great about it. And that's kind of what that's kind of where the thought came. Because I listen to a lot of reptile podcasts, a lot of them, uh, and. The vast majority of them are snake people. Almost all of them are snake people. So I keep like, because I have this kind of inner battle about the podcast because I, I want it to be a reptile podcast, but I have fears about branching out too much and losing our core that really are into it for the turtle stuff. Like, if I eat, sleep, breathe turtles like you said right it's it's my life it's all i do i wake up at five in the morning every morning like a farmer to take care of the animals before i go to work and then i come home and i'm walking the yard and checking mm-hmm. the pens and pond and everything and i like trying to make sure everything's good like that's every single day it's what i do and if i would love to have something like the podcast which is why we do this um but i listen to reptile podcasts all the time and i enjoy them even though the people who are hosting those shows, it's a snake person with a snake person. And, you know, even mm. though they may specialize in different snakes or maybe they also have one pet tortoise outside or something, like they're snake people. And that's where, where they're interested right. in it shows. So why then, why should why should we brand the pond, podcast as a turtle show? And why should we not branch out a little bit as well when where we can? Well, and that's kind of the, the inner struggle I've been having a little bit. I think part of it is, is, is just a general knowledge thing. You know what I mean? Like if you don't have, and I mean, even me, like I have literally, since I was a little boy, I have been into snakes, you know, and lizards, you know, I got, I got an annul story for you guys that you, you, you're probably going to need to change your pants after I tell you it. And, uh, it's, um, even, even after being into them for that long, I don't have the knowledge, you know, to, to, to host something where I would at least solely be talking about snakes or lizards. You know what I mean? Um, my, if I, if I were to like have my own podcast or show where I'm talking about snakes or other reptiles solely, you know, and maybe not even covering turtles, I would have to have guest after guest after guest on, you know, I wouldn't be able to just do something like this. The three of us have, I think enough general turtle knowledge where we could, I mean, we could keep the conversation going for months straight without a break, all the turtle stories we can tell and, and, and um, just different, you know, just like a couple of weeks ago when we talked about when you had that, the issue that you called me about, 
how many times have we had to call each other like, oh, this is happening or oh, that happened or what should I do in this situation or hey, you want to hear something, you know? Um, so, you know, th I think that's that's where the difference is and I think that's where we can grow to become more affiliated with other reptile people and, and reptile subjects. But, but I I'll, think... Um, where I'll play devil's advocate on that a little bit is... Okay. You don't have to be an expert to run a a successful podcast. I That's think true. I think That's to true. have a successful vlog on a subject like this, and I'm going to act like those things don't cross over at all, and act like I know what I'm talking about with technology. But like we have guests on, and like last uh, two weeks ago, we had uh, Yunro on the Turtle Monk, who's incredible and like we didn't talk as much and share as much of our expertise. So it didn't really matter. Like we didn't have to have right. a well, ton of turtle knowledge have to have to... a good show with him. He, you would have a good show no matter yes. what. So, so we can have a show like this where it's us people who a lot of people would consider, and this isn't, I'm not tooting anyone's horn, but a lot of people would consider us to be turtle experts. Um, on some level, there's obviously people that are that their brains are just incredible, and we yeah. I get excited like a schoolgirl to be able to spend you know 20 minutes in their presence. Um, but I still think you know the amount of turtle nerds and turtle experts in the world is relatively small still, and we're a part of that group. Right. So would you? And this is the question I'm posing to our viewers: Would you rather see? A bunch of turtle nerds talk turtles, or would you rather see something that branches out a little bit? So let me pose this to you. Everyone here, Steve Irwin fan? How could you oh, not yeah. be? And and be into what we're in, right? What we're into. Okay, so if you're a Steve Irwin fan, how did you feel about when he's going out and seeing sea crates or dingoes or some other type of wildlife besides crocodiles i just like animals so i don't really care if he's picking up a bug i'm, I'm into it yeah right i I, uh, I you know i think a big thing with steve Irwin is his charisma he, he's a, an incredible showman but he wasn't a fake one you know what i mean like he he knew how to be in front of the camera but that's really because he was just being himself and he, he himself was that passionate about animals in general and granted you could tell that he had some of his own favorites you know the crocs and, and the goannas and all that but you know, even still to this day, as much as I love other reptiles, I'm always looking for and getting excited over seeing the turtle or tortoise. Perfect example, you know, when, when after Casey and I put the girls to bed, we are sitting there trying to figure out what to watch. And luckily, my wife loves to watch nature documentaries. You know, she can watch them about anything. She loves bears, but she obviously loves reptiles, too. So we were, we were trying to watch um, another one, and I was like, you know what? I was like, there was, a, there was one on, a, on King Cobra, and uh, Ron Whitaker was actually in it. And uh, cool. it was an excellent, excellent documentary on, on them researching and tracking King Cobras. And I knew what I was in for. It was, it was a snake show. I love snakes. It's cool. But, you know, like most snake shows that, or reptile shows that end up on major television, it's an ooh-ah deadly snake. Okay, it's an ooh ah deadly shark. It's an ooh ah deadly crocodilian. You know what I mean? You don't really get the attention on the slow moving, quote unquote, slow in life turtle or tortoise <coughs> so much. Well, within the first 30 seconds of the program, quick 
half a second shot of an Indian star tortoise because they're talking about India. Okay. Mm. And I went, Hey, look at that right there. And it's gone, you know? <laughs> and I, I got excited for that half a second because they acknowledged that there are in fact tortoises there before they moved on to, you know, encompassing the, the whole show about the snake. Now that's, is a snake show, but I think when there are reptile shows, you know, the, the turtle and tortoise part is not so in depth as it is some of the other things, you know, like snakes or crocodilians. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm getting a little bit off track here, but I think I kind of made a point with that, that, that even still we, we want to see that turtle clip, even if it's just a clip, you know what I sure, mean? Sure. Sure. And that's with us, you know, no matter what, but I, I just, I find myself, I find myself, and maybe it's because I have a pond, a, a, a podcast called the podcast, but I listen to other podcasts and I, I find myself, and even like with, with Tiger King, sorry to bring it up again, uh, <laughs> but animal people are animal people and whether they're, whether they're healthy or unhealthy or successful or unsuccessful or do things the right way by the animals or not, um, you still see similarities in them that yeah. I see in other people and that I see in myself. Um, so I find it really useful, but that's why I'm kind of reaching out to see what do you guys think? What do the viewers think? I, I want to make sure that we're doing something that, that makes sense and going in a direction that... Um, that really, you know, helps people to feel excited the way that you mentioned with the Indian star tours. Well, I, I think I think people have c kind of like closet things that they get excited about that we don't sure. know as well. Absolutely. So a lot of turtle people have other reptiles and amphibians that they're excited about and invertebrates and other projects and things like that. So um, I'd like to see us branch out a little bit, which is why we're, we're expanding this conversation. And I, I think I think it's good that we're expanding that because we're kind of letting viewers know that, of course, we will never not be a podcast a podcast that you know focuses heavily on turtles and tortoises. That's that's who we are. That's that's what we work for and fight for every single day. And it's always going to be that. But I think it's kind of like a way of letting people know. I know for a fact that some of the people that watch this show are into lots of different things you know what i mean mm -hmm. and, and you know it might be comforting to let them know that like hey we can talk about these things we can acknowledge them and why not acknowledge them some of these animals are in just as much trouble as some of the turtles and tortoises that we're always talking about and it's fun and and, and it, it might uh, obviously people want to watch this show to hear stories and, and they want to hear tips from us things that we do good and don't do right or, or whatever um but uh we can definitely cover I don't see why we can't, uh, you know, other reptiles, you know, or even right. amphibians, you know, like you want to talk about frogs, let's talk about frogs. You know? Right. Right. And we encourage people to ask questions like that too. And we have no problem saying, I don't know the answer to that. And we don't yeah. know everything there is about turtles. We can take guesses and it's the same thing across the board. Sure. So, so going back to my hey, observation. Jeff. Yeah, please, please Kev, go ahead. Yeah. So two things with this one, yeah. the title of our show is the podcast. Do other reptiles not live in a pond? It's a good point. <laughs> Great point. That right there. So um, the way I see it is clearly we're more focused on turtles and tortoises. But, yeah, if we branch off into throughout different episodes, who cares? It doesn't matter. We're having, a, like, an organic conversation. Right. Uh, it's not like we're going to – I'm going to throw something in there real quick. 
What's that? How many of the reptiles use the pond even though they don't live in the pond? Right? Ah, that's right. Steve asked how Is many Steve, reptiles... Can people hear Steve? Yeah, they no. could there. Oh, they, oh, oh, they good. Could. I was going to say, oh. don't... Don't don't you go talking just to us and make us have an awkward silence right now. <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell if people okay, can so see they him did or not. Hear, they did hear his question about how many reptiles use the pond but don't actually live in the pond. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm like have some kind of um, uh, like what am I what's the word I'm looking for? I don't some know. Kind of, like like delusional where I'm. I'm not sure if other people can see what I'm seeing right yeah. now. It's, a, it's an awkward, it's a sobering feeling. Like, I feel like I'm on the bus and I see, back. yeah, like the scary clown just stepped on and I have to go to the person next to me and they're like, you see the clown, right? I'm not just imagining that. But it's Steve. Yeah. It's okay. Steve. Okay. But that's a really good question that he asked. You know, we are, you know, it goes hand in hand with what Kevin said. We are the podcast. But there are reptile, other reptiles and amphibians that live in the pond. And if they don't live in the pond, they use the pond. Okay? It's a great, like uh, it's a great thing. Box We're going to do a whole, yeah, whole episode on beavers and <laughs> sandhill <laughs> cranes. And muskrat, like turtle traps, you know? Oh, my gosh. We could do like a five-part miniseries on muskrats. We should, do a, we should do an episode on one of the things that happens when you build a backyard pond, the other wildlife that you attract, because I can name about 10 species that have been in my major, my major enclosure, my real big pond yeah. this week alone. You know That's what I cool. mean? Some are, some are reptiles, some are amphibians, some of them are birds, you know, one may have been an ex-girlfriend, not sure. Got to tell you, you know, take another look, but you know, <laughs> That's so stupid. I know. That was stupid. In the good. Good. Hold chuckling. on, Kevin, you said two things. Did you only give us one though? That was one of them, yeah. The other okay. was uh, immediate response from the groupings out here is that they're mostly here for the turtles and tortoises. Man. Shot in the arm. But, but that's our fault, though. That's our fault. And, and our fault. It's how we positioned ourselves from the beginning, you know? Here's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Here's sorry. what I'm going to say. If you are a, a budding herpetoculturist, herpetologist, um, who wants to start a podcast... Make friends with somebody who's into stuff that's different than what you're into and make that your podcast partner. Now, we started to do it a little bit at the very beginning with John because John was interested in different reptiles, but he really wasn't knowledgeable about any of it. He was just a good host. Okay. And that was helpful because he would bring in different pieces, articles on different herbs. And that was really interesting. And then, you know, I could chime in and make fun of him and we could always bring it back to the turtles, but we were touching on other stuff, which is what these other reptile podcasts do with snake people. Right. And then, um, then we had Amanda on for a while who really is interested in a ton of different animals. So we were trying to go that route for a while, but when you need someone to stick around for the long haul and, you know, be there and and you go to the people who you know the best and are the closest to so here we have today's podcast which is full hey, of turtle you, people yeah you could be like me and be into a group of tortoises that no one else cares about you know sometimes i feel foreign to you guys even though we have the exact same interest that's a good point you know what i mean like i i know i can call you about anything you know but i'm not i know my audience i'm not going to call you and really nerd out about you know herman's tortoises to you you know what i mean right so, you know, so there's, it gets even nichier than that. And I mean, look at all, look at all the Facebook groups, you know, 
you know, and, and some of them are great, you know, and, and I try to manage how many I'm part of because it can just turn into a mess, you know, yeah, it's crazy. but it's, you know, the next minute you're on a, you know, you're on, I don't know, a, a, whatever species and, and, you know, don't even think about bringing up another species, you know what I mean? Cause it's, you know, some of these groups are like, whoa, 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 bro, map turtle group. We ain't talking about sliders. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. You know, but it's it can get even more it can get even clicky clickier 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 clickierest clickier click whoa yeah anyway but uh <laughs> <laughs> it's a turtle podcast without a doubt but we are perfectly capable of talking about anything really and and definitely other other reptiles you know it's like a it's like a force a, may the force be with you may the fourth be with you I'm sorry I didn't say that early on. I apologize to the Star Wars fans watching this right now. But anyway, back to Turtle. See how far we can get off? Wow. I love it. I love yeah. it. Go. This, that's what this one's for. I'm not a Star Wars fan, by the way. Um, that's right. I'm not, I'm not, I don't dislike Star Wars. I just don't have a ton of feelings for it either way. So I, I'm okay. sorry, but okay. I was going to leave this up to you guys. Now, hey, here, here's a good question for you then. Yeah. You don't have a ton of feelings towards Star Wars. So instead of talking about movies, what is a what's a species of reptile that you don't have feelings towards? Like what's a species or, or a, a genre oh. of reptiles that you're kind of like cool bro, cool story Hansel, where are the turtles or where you know well, what I mean? Well, that automatically happens. You'll see when we get to our rapid best species spotlight rapid mm -hmm. fire um, yeah. question and answer segment at the end of the show. Um, you'll see my answer there. So I have respect for the common species. Listen, when you walk into White Plains or even Hamburg or any reptile show and you just see table after table of of leopard gecko, ball python, beater, bearded dragon, and right. and that's not what you're there for, it's mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I get that okay, for sure. Another table of that stuff, okay, cool. I, and I, I understand people who are into it. I used to breed bearded dragons. You yeah. said you bred bearded dragons. Okay. I know that you kept them, Kevin, in the past. So we've we've all kept bearded dragons. I've I've bred them in the past. I think the whole story, how they got here, you know, talking to Tom Crutchfield about that on on the mm -hmm. podcast episode forty, I think it was. Um, that was really cool. Um, so I have a ton of respect for them. I think they're awesome. Mm -hmm. I get why people love them. I love them, but I don't, I have a limited amount of space. So something that I just don't like or don't get, I mean, I don't know. There's really nothing. Maybe invertebrates don't do it for me. Like, yeah, well, I mean, I mean rep reptiles. Let's stick with just reptiles. Right all right. Now. It maybe go as far as amphibians, but let's let's stay in that. I don't like roaches. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like like when somebody keeps a, cool store console. When somebody keeps a, <laughs> a hissing cockroach as a pet, I'm like. Yes, but you're not answering. No. Well, I kind of did. I just didn't answer it with a reptile. Well, you answered it with the reptile's food, possibly. Green iguanas. Okay. Okay. But yeah. see, it's not their fault. Like, it'd be like saying, no, well, red ear, red ear sliders are the worst. But they're not. They're great. And that's why they're so common. And it's not their fault. They just lucked into a situation oh. where, like, their their biology made it so that they could survive in a new world where, sure, you know, a different type of uh, natural selection became the norm. So, you know, they became popular for a reason, just like sulcatas, just like bearded dragons, just like ball pythons. Um, so I don't 
dislike them. I don't hate on anyone who enjoys their pet green iguana, but when I see them, I'm like, why? Why? Yeah. Who wants the six foot cheap lizard when they can have the one and a half foot cheap lizard? Or in Kevin's case with the anole, the you know, eight inch cheap lizard. Like I don't I don't understand why um what the what the interest is there. Like I could remember being a kid and my cousin had an iguana and not being super interested in it because it would whip you with its tail. Mm-hmm. And that was as a kid. Like I'm like, that's not cool. Mm-hmm. Like a snake would be cool. A snake could bite you, but like that's cool. Like that big lizard just sits there and then when you want to touch it, it whips you with its tail. I just wasn't interested in it. So if I had to pick one, there you go. Do you have an answer for that? Uh, I think I do. I um, this you know, is so I'm, hateful. Why are I'm hating? Still, it's not. It's not hateful. It's not. We're it's hating not animals. And, and I'm gonna. I'm, no, I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why it's not hateful. But first of all, to back up some of the things you said, number one, any of these animals that are common, it, you're right. It's not their fault. It's our fault. Okay. And you know, the the ones again, like like a lot of us tend to be attracted towards the rare or endangered animal. But I think I said this on 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 the one with with. Um, uh, with the monk was, was that, uh, people have to remember, you know, it, it's not a compliment that an animal is endangered. It sucks that an animal is endangered, you know? And it also kind of sucks sometimes when they're the only ones that get the focus. Okay. And, but not to contradict myself, but I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat. You know, when I used to go to reptile shows or even when I used to vend them, there's only so many ball pythons and bearded dragons and leopard geckos that, that you can take, you know what I mean? And they're all fantastically beautiful animals. You know, Casey and I have been talking about what, what are we going to get Cece as her first pet reptile? You know, turtles are second, you know, second nature to her already, but she really likes animals, you know, and, and she loves the lizards and stuff. So we're already like, well, a bearded dragon would be great or a leopard gecko would be great, you know, because they are fantastic animals. They just don't make me go, oh, wow, you know, like, like that. And the thing for me that does not, um, I don't want to say it doesn't impress me because how could they not be impressive? But the, the, the animals that tend to make me go, eh, are the big snakes. Not because I'm afraid of them. I've had plenty of them. I've worked with plenty of them when I used to work in, in pet stores. But, you know, the Burmese pythons, the Indian rocks, the anacondas, you know, some of the boas, they're all absolutely stunningly beautiful animals, but I, I, don't, I don't really need to watch another nature show about them, you know, or what they can kill. You know, I think that gives them a bad rap half the time. You know, it's just for t- TV. It goes back to what I was saying, you know, who wants to pay attention to the little star tortoise walking around in India when you can pay attention to the cobra, you know, that can kill you. You know, it's, it's TV. So those, for me, I, I think more so than a green iguana, but I get the green iguana thing. Um, those are the ones that that just kind of, eh, you know, that, that, okay, awesome, good for you. If somebody wanted to talk to me about their success with them, I would listen. I would never be like, oh, shut up, you know. But, but that uh, opinion, that opinion, our opinion, really represents the a minority in the herpeticulture world because most people are haven't been in it as long as we have, and don't. Not that it's been that long, but you know, we've been like have this. Yeah unwavering, you know, steady immersion in this world where we haven't left 
it at any point. Mm-hmm. And that's where we live. It's our way of life. It's everything to us. It's every, it's almost every waking hour for you. It's every free mm-hmm. minute for Steve and Kevin and I, you know, so, so for us, we've come to that place over time and we can't expect other people to feel that way. And, and honestly, sure. I think that's a really sad, negative, crappy thing or way of looking at where we're at is now we're looking at these beautiful animals as you, as you called them and mm-hmm. going, eh. Yeah. You're right. You're right to an extent. But I think, you know, what? again, like to take away the negativity from it, it's not a – I could never look at a Burmese python and say that thing is ugly. You know what I mean? They're uh, they beautiful. are absolutely yeah. beautiful. Like they yeah. have been just, you know, every little detail about them, you know. It's not that. It, it's, it comes down to, like like we said, it's, it's the position people have put them in. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I don't even blame the hobby. I don't even blame conservationists. I really blame TV, you know. And it's kind of like, you know, I think the second thing for me would be the crocodilians. And, and I love, I love alligators and crocodiles. Every time we go to Disney, I'm that guy that's like, alligator, there's an alligator. And the bus driver's like, yeah, you moron, you're in Florida, you know, but that's me, you know, but TV, it's like, you know, oh, we're going to do a show about reptiles. No, you're not. You're going to do a show about big snakes and crocs. And then you might mention that there are turtles on this planet at the very end. So that's what's I think done it for me. So to you're right, I could see how it comes across negative, but I think the key factor here is what affected us and how it affected us when we were that young. For me, it was a turtle. It was an eastern box turtle. I don't even think I had seen a snake or a lizard yet. It was that box turtle that my dad found while he was mowing the lawn, and it set the stage for the rest of my life from that moment. If it was a snake, I may not even know you guys right now, you know? It's it, it's I'm just it's saying true. Like, it's totally true. Know? It's just no whatever way. happened that day, and it's funny, I don't remember much of being that young, but that day, man, I could tell you what I was wearing, you know, like, like the, literally, you know, it's a little embarrassing, but I, I remember that day like it was yesterday because it was that pivotal, you know? Right. right. But like I said, it could have been a garter snake that he found. It could have been a fowler's toad that he found, but no, it was a box turtle. And it, right. it did that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he could have found six snakes and then the turtle still did it. But I, I truly think it has something to do with that. It just it left a major mark on me. And, and I think it, it's really odd how that happens, right? It's almost like up to chance or fate. Like it's just, and what's going to speak to you? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird how that happens. But I was interested in it all, but nothing ever really spoke to me as much as a turtle. I, I wonder if folks on the other side of that feel the opposite way. And had experiences with turtles too, but then nothing really spoke to them like a snake. And I wonder if it has something to do with their personalities. Like we obviously we often joke that like turtles are more like researchers, more like LL Bean and uh, like like shants, the pants that you can zip off the bottom of the leg and turn <laughs> them into shorts. Like yeah. that's a turtle person. Whereas and waiters, you know, whereas like a, a snake person is is like more likely to have a ponytail and be wearing a black t-shirt with a band on it like that's that and if that's not you and you're a snake person i'm sorry generalizations are the worst thing and i absolutely hate them but like that's you know kind of like the idea a little bit and i wonder like are people that are more likely to be a snake person are they are they just interested in something that's really cool and really dangerous or that freaks some people out because turtles it's 
it's widely documented. We were talking about it with with Yunro last podcast. Like it's it's widely documented the turtles' place in history and and the fact that turtles are are well loved by kids by yeah adults and everyone in between snakes true. are not snakes are not when no but when, that needs to change when we met our significant others and said i love turtles mm-hmm. they said first of all what the hell is wrong with you and second of all turtles it could be worse if you're a snake person you meet your significant other and you talk about that then it becomes what the hell is wrong with you and this is going to take some getting used to so it's like it's a different and that's that's maybe like a, a best case scenario even i don't know i, but again, I don't know that goes back to what we as people have done you know what i mean you go back you go back way way in time to adam and eve if you want and the serpent the snake is the devil you know what i mean uh, so it's we've painted snakes and you know aside of all reptiles we've painted snakes these devils these 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 gothic you know um horrible creatures that that serve no purpose on our planet since day one turtles never got that rap you know most people think turtles are cute except for i actually know a person who said turtles creep me out more than snakes and um it's awesome it's weird it was um go real quick going back to if anybody remembers when uh in 2015 when i hatched the uh the tortoise twins mm-hmm. and uh the video went viral of us separating them and we uh, uh fox chase news had us come in first they did uh. a story first they did a story at our at our place and then they asked us to come in to do another story and they asked us to bring all different kinds of, of turtles and tortoises with us so you know we brought a wood turtle we brought a radiated tortoise whatever and when we were walking in, the secretary at this news station jumped up out of her seat and she said, oh, my God, is that a turtle? And Casey was like, yeah, actually, it's a tortoise. And she was like, I'm sorry, can, can you just move along? Turtles creep me out more than snakes do. And, and, uh, and we were like, that may be the first time that's ever happened. That's weird. That's really Not strange. for us in, like, human history. You know what yeah, I mean? right. It's really strange. It's so that's weird. what I mean. It was so strange here. But, you know, again – same thing with the common species. Why half the time we're like, okay, whatever, you know, or, or species that are bred that widely and we see that often. It, it's what we've done to them. And same thing for snakes. You know, from day one, we've painted this very negative image of them. So let me chime in here for myself. Um, I've, I've never had like snakes painted like negatively to me at all, ever. Okay. Right? But as a whole, snakes are the only reptile for some reason. I don't know why. I just don't trust at all. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. Um, I've kept pretty much any other reptile that, you know, I could. They don't keep. trust you either, Kev. They've told me. I'm well aware, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, I'll know if my lizard's going to bite me. Like, I know that. You know, I had a cane, and I'm like, that thing's about to bite me. I know. Turtles, they're a bit slower. I had, I've been bit before, but it's very, very, you know, few and far between. I've been around a lot of snakes that have, like, just, like, launched at me. And I was doing nothing. Like, I was near it, you know? Um, but I was the one that launched at. And it's not even a fear thing now. I'm just like, it's just not something I'm comfortable working with. So. I mean, I, I think I, you know, I get that. I think that experience helps any of that. Like, sure. You know, people. You got to get bit. People who are scared of alligator snapping turtles. 
mm-hmm. never handled one because I'm used to handling common snapping turtles and comparatively they're like an alligator snapping turtle. I don't care if it's 150 pounds, like all it is, is the weight. Like yeah, you just, right. they're so easy to handle. Um, and soft, large soft shell turtles, like a wild Florida soft shell, <laughs> I would not know how to handle. And when I've been in front of a tank with a giant chitra inside of it, like a three foot long soft shell turtle, I don't know how to handle that. They're Freaks slippery. They're they're as fast as a common snapper, but they're slippery as hell. Like I don't I don't want to mess with that. So I get it, and it's just fear. It's fear of the unknown, and and you realizing that you have a lack of familiarity with that animal, which is you know that's just like Tom Crutchfield's talking about all the time. Like when it's, you know, it's funny that you know Kevin, you, you say that um, you don't you don't trust them because you don't know when they're gonna bite, but they. It depends. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm no snake expert at all. In fact, you know what? I don't even think I'm a turtle expert. I, I just don't really think there are experts when it comes to, to these kinds of animals. But I, I tend to think that snakes do warn you. And I'm, I'm on, you guys know, but the audience may not know, I am a member of New Jersey's um, venomous snake response team where we, we go out on calls and we safely remove uh, timber rattlesnakes from unfavorable situations. Usually an angry neighbor that's, I'm on, I'm going to kill this snake if you don't get it out of here. And it's like, well, first of all, you're going to go to jail if you do that, but I'll move it for you, you know? And one of the things that we were taught when we were, cause we had to go through training to, to be able to handle these snakes for the state, you know, cause we're, we, we end up becoming insured by, uh, the, um, wildlife conservation corps. So they tell, they actually go through like some of the common myths and stuff and they tell you what to look for because they, they, they tell you like, you know, in the case of a timber rattler, they're going to warn you because they don't want to bite you, you know? And, and, and it's true that a lot of people that do end up accidentally getting bit is because they didn't accept the warning signs, you know? So like my, my, my snakes, I do know when they're going to bite me. You know, they, they kind of let me know there has been a time or two to back you up where, you know, I don't know where somebody is because they've dug down and I like accidentally grab them the next minute I get tagged, you know, and, I, and it's laughable the way it feels, but it's, you know what I mean? Like sometimes that can happen, but on the other end, like sometimes some of these species, they warn you, they let you know, like, if you don't stop, I'm, I'm coming. That's it. Yeah. You know, I think it's just more my ignorance. I've never kept them. Always, yeah. Uh, because of that, I've never been interested in keeping them, I guess. Right. Right. I get that. And that, it is that is what it is, and it, and not to call you ignorant, but we're all ignorant in a lot of different species, yeah. like countless species, obviously. So, even turtles. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I'd like to reflect for a minute. Think back to where you were ten years ago. You guys are a little older than me. Maybe you could do fifteen years if you want. To. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Man, that felt good. Felt good. Um, think about where you were then versus where you are now and kind of what you would think looking at that, that, you know, comparison between then and now in terms of what you were into, um, what other stuff you were keeping, that sort of thing. Uh, wait, so we rephrase the question. Sorry. So I want to know 10, 12 years ago, what you were into in terms of reptiles and where you've moved towards 
and, and kind of what that transition was like and also maybe what you would think about where you're at now at that point. What would surprise you? Um, what would surprise? If I, were, if I were to go back, yeah, 15 years, because Garden State Tortoise is an entity, an official entity as of uh, uh, next year will be 10 years. So going back 15 years, I, I, I in a very humble way, I, I don't want anybody to think I'm trying to – I'm not being conceited about this at all. And you guys know that I beat myself up more than I ever compliment myself. But I think if I 15 years ago could see myself now, I would definitely be like, wow, you know, things are going to be all right. I, I didn't know my wife yet. You know what I mean? So that means my kids weren't in the picture. So to know that I've come this far by following my dream with this, I, I think I would be like, wow. But things have definitely changed in some ways and in other ways they haven't. You know, my main passion um, which you guys know is the, is the Herman's tortoises and, and the, the genus Testudo has only grown, you know, um, I think I would be most impressed with that. Um, I think I'd be disappointed in some of the animals I don't have anymore. You know, especially when we bought the house, we had to make some sacrifices, some good stuff had to leave. Some of that we were able to get back, you know, um, quick example, my, my old male radiated, um, he was the very first purchase I made. Uh, when, when Garden State Tortoise became an actual LLC. And unfortunately, when, when things changed, when we had to buy the house and stuff, and we had to let him go, and then we just recently got him back. And it was kind of sentimental and, and a little bit emotional for Casey and I because he's kind of always been with us, you know, like through this whole journey of, of starting a business, getting married, buying a home, moving with all the animals, you know. And to have him back, you know, it was, it's one positive aspect from some of the losses I had to go through over the years. Sure. So I think in general, looking ahead 15 years, I think I, I would definitely be happy with myself and, and proud of myself. Um, and my interests, like I said, the, the Testudo interest has just become a sickness at this point. Um, but because of you guys and, and because of other connections that I have, I'm keeping species that I never, ever would have thought that I, I would be able to have get my hands on, um, let alone have a, a genuine interest in, you know? Um, and then, uh, and my snake and lizard interest has really started to come back to me recently. I never went away. It was just something I really couldn't pay attention to, um, for various reasons. And it's, it's kind of come back into my life now. So I'd, I'd say I, over 15 years, it's just kind of been up and down, up and down, up and down. And there's still a lot of that, you know, but I, I think overall, I, I, if I could see myself from that point, I, I would be pretty, uh, I'd be pretty happy. How about you, Kev? So my journey is a lot shorter. I have really only been truly back into turtles probably about the last five or six years. And, um, you know, even thinking then, uh, back then when I started looking into things, an animal I wanted to maybe work with or whatnot, $50 was a lot for me to spend on a turtle back then. Right. <laughs> sure. That's, a, now, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's even only five years. I'm like, you know what? A thousand dollars. I can I can reason with that. The reasons, you know, because <laughs> it's a sickness, man. It gets worse every day. It gets sicker yeah. and sicker every day. It's true. I can justify it, you know, uh, somehow in my head anyway. Um, but I'm glad with the way I've gone, and uh, that's mainly because I got involved with the organization, and um, I'm just happy being a part of it and producing content for you guys. So uh, keep chiming in, you know, feeding me information and uh, 
I'll keep going for you guys. Thanks. Thank you. That, that Thank turned you. into a little yeah Minto PSA. I liked it at the end there. That was good. The My answer. So uh, if I I want to go back to a time when I was living in my college apartment, I think I was 21 at the time, and I had a bunch of animals, and I think my rent was like $300 a month, and I know, but I mean, I shared the apartment with with, four, I miss those with days. three other Ooh. people, but yeah, yeah. So um, I had, I think, and this guy let me do whatever I want. He was he was like this. It was I totally used to like punk him as like a big young you know, idiot that I was <laughs> took advantage be like, I don't have the rent this month. Be like, okay. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I was a different person than I was always nice. But anyway, I had like 19 bearded dragons. We had leopard geckos. I had alligator snapping turtles, sulcatas, all sorts of stupid stuff that you shouldn't have when you're in a college apartment. But I had like a pen outside for the sulcatas that I built. I had a, you know, the snappers were small. They were in an aquarium. You know, I'll have my stuff together one day and I'll have my big snappers, uh-huh. all that stuff. But uh, we had snakes too. Um, John had more snakes and stuff like that. But um, my teammates used to come and laugh at me all the time. And I think if, if that person, now that all ended because, um, my ceiling collapsed. The animals were all fine, but we had to like move. I, I owed like four months rent. And I went to the guy, I was like, is it cool if I'll just move out so you can fix the ceiling that collapsed and we'll call it even? He's like, yeah, that'd be great. We'll break the lease. Perfect. I don't, I don't have to pay you the $1,200 that I owe you. So um, I ended up rehoming a few, a few animals, mostly the bearded dragons. And, um, it was a really sad moment in my life for that reason that I kind of didn't have anywhere to go. Like the ceiling collapsed in my apartment. So, um, I had a girlfriend at the time who was interested in what she would call the swimmy turtles. So she encouraged me to keep the turtles. She liked them. And I like turtles my whole life. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I don't have to breed bearded dragons anymore. Like I like turtles too. Mm-hmm. And that's when it kind of took a different turn back into something that I've loved my entire life. Mm-hmm. And if, if I could look at myself now, that person, that version of me back then, I would be impressed by the focus, the fact that I've totally dedicated myself to it and that I've learned as much as I have about particular taxa and just about turtles in general. Um, and I'd be very proud of that fact. I mean, that's, you know, it's not a lot of time, but at the same time when you're dedicated to it and it's all you do every free moment of every day, mm-hmm. you can accomplish a lot of things. So, yeah. um, so now it's time for our first feature of the show. Minto's mailbag. How good is it? Right? That's <laughs> yeah, great. Love it. I love it. Mentos bag. All right. So and Steve, Steve, I also want to apologize too. I, I dropped that on you kind of quick. It was out of nowhere. Like I was finishing my thought, and you were probably not paying attention if you're a normal human, but of course, because you're a robot, you were like right on it. So anyway. Kevin, <laughs> take it away. Take it away, fine, sir. First question is for Chris. It should Ooh. be where do of course you get- it is. What was that? Where did you get your shirt? Wow, that's a deep question. I how did I get this shirt? It's the one you're wearing. I know. How did how did I get this? You have nothing to do with this, Anthony? 
This is one of oh, I did shirts. I did give you that shirt. That. Yeah, this is one of fairy shirts, right? Yeah, it's one of fairy shirts. Yep, I gave it to you. That and I have the Spangler Eye shirt too. I yeah. Uh, yeah. So you you got it. You gave it to me. How did you get it? Yeah. So check out just check out turtlearts. Dot, any, is that what it is? D E. Just look up Turtle Arts. Yeah, that'll it'll come right up if you look up Turtle Arts. That's for show. That's for show. He's got a ton of different shirts, but if you're interested just in that species, though, that's really he does like limited prints and needs to get like 50 people in order to do a right. a printing, and then you know if you miss out on that occasion, then you might be without the shirt. There's a really good photo of. Chris and I wearing matching oh, man, shirts by Fairy, where we're, where we're, um, who knows it where shows, that is. It shows, um, it shows diversity in human beings <laughs> because of the <laughs> massive height difference. Oh, we got to find that. Uh, I know it's on my Facebook, but it's a great photo. I'd have to, I would have had to got, get it to Steve already. Yeah, right. Exactly. We missed it. What else you got, Kev? Uh, so is the podcast available on iTunes and, uh, Anthony, I wanted you to talk about that because I know you, that's what you're doing some behind the scenes stuff for. Yeah. The, the podcast is available on iTunes. Um, uh, every episode should be available at this point on iTunes, unless I'm forgetting. No, a couple of the early episodes might not be available, but I'm working on getting those all on there. But the last 30 ish episodes should all be available. Um, yeah, 30 ish, I think. And then the 25 first one. So we're only missing like eight in the middle. Um, so they're available on iTunes. The, the podcast is also available on iHeartRadio. We're working on getting it on a couple other platforms as well. Um, yeah. By popular demand. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, Anthony, what are some of your go-to reptile podcasts that you listen to? Oh my gosh, thank you for asking that. Who asked that? That. Oh, forget it. Forget it. All right, tell me when you find it. That was a great question. I would have oh. I would have wanted to Who did? Cole Who did? Shram. Cole Shram. Good. Cole. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. So, um I really like Reptile and Chill. That's a UK-based podcast. Um they're really good and they have a lot of guests on that are from different um, all different types of animal related stuff, but they're snake guys. So it, it comes back to snakes. Um, I actually think they're a little bit better because it doesn't come back to snakes all the time. Um, it's just fun banter from guys who have pretty good heads on their shoulders. Um, I really like, um, searchable as reptiles. I don't have that one written down, but it's a relatively new one. Um, and it's Garrett Hartle, who's a snake guy. Um, I'm forgetting the other gentleman's name right now. You have to forgive me because I'm a turtle person. That one's relatively new. I really like them because they're smart and I trust their opinions. Mm -hmm. So even though I'm learning about the snake trade, which is not my biggest interest, they're just fun to listen to because they are well-informed and, and well-spoken. Um, yeah. And, and, um, those are the two that I probably enjoy the most right now, but there's probably like a list of eight of them that I listen to. So it's good to see what other people are doing and stuff like that. And what yeah. guests we can steal and everything, but they're usually really, um, collaborative and, 
uh, work together with other podcasts and support each other and stuff like that. So, but we're never involved in any of that because we're just turtle related. So for those of you who just want nothing but turtle banter all the time, can you level with me a little bit and maybe we just do 93% turtle related <laughs> banter and 7% other stuff so we can be a reptile or animal podcast and start to appeal to more than just the really ultra focused turtle nerd, right? Like, I don't think we're getting the person at the reptile show who buys snakes and lizards and turtles. I don't think we're getting that person. I mean, I was. I was that guy once. Yeah, but you're not that guy anymore. And even though you still have a little bit, you're still way further into the turtles than you are anything else. Um, Your friend, uh, Kevin, um, Connor. Yeah. Does he watch the podcast? Um, I think from time to time. I don't think he watches it live, though. Okay. He should because he knows us and he's our buddy. But I don't know if people like Connor are watching. And not to say there's anything wrong with Connor. I'm just saying he has a wide array of interests, but he's yeah. not ultra-focused on turtles. That's that's my whole point in this. So if you are upset with me for hijacking a show, I apologize. But this that's kind of the reason why. Connor and people like Connor. Again, I'm generalizing and putting people in a box. That It's not fair. What else you got, Kev? Okay, so Chris, how is Mudhorn doing? Mudhorn, what's up? What's, what's going, going on with him? He is he is fantastic. He he is uh, he's doing great. I have not been able to get him outside just yet because of two reasons. One, uh, Mother Nature decided to uh, finally wake up, and she realized that she never gave us a winter this year, so she's trying to do it now. Um. Just kidding. It was like 80 degrees today, but it's going to be like 40 on Wednesday. So he can't go out yet. Uh, you know, they're not as, you know, easy to accommodate when um, or self-sufficient when the temperatures drop, like the vast majority of turtle and tortoise species we keep. Um, so he's still in here. Um, and also, I haven't had a chance to build his outdoor enclosure. There's a lot that's got to go into that. But he's indoors. He's doing great. He's got a routine. I mean, the animal is just full of personality. He is a complete puppy, and uh, he's he's fantastic. I love him. He's he's doing great. <clears throat> Can't hear you, Anthony. Oh, there we go. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Turn your microphone on. Okay. Sorry. Um, he's a rhino iguana. He is a rhinoceros iguana. Thank you. Okay, so that was a species that I actually really, really wanted to keep yeah. back when I was a reptile person, and I never did. So, like, there's a little bit of that, like, wow, that'd be really cool to be able to do stuff like that and venture out, but I'm totally fine with living vicariously through you on this one, as long as you, like, <laughs> let me tickle his nose or whatever it is you do oh, with a rhinoceros he, iguana, you, because I don't know. You, you just pet him and pet him and pet him, and he closes his eyes, and he raises up, and he wants you to scratch him under his chin, and, you know... For anybody that doesn't know, a, he, he's an, he is an adult male rhinoceros iguana, so he is big. He is big. If he wanted to hurt you, not only is that tail whip going to hurt, but th- their bite it can be serious. They can cause some you know, deep lacerations, but that's not typically them. And some lizards, like snakes, get a bad rap, and, and you know, th- they're intimidating. And I mean, you want to talk about something that literally looks like a dinosaur, you know, you got to do a double take. You know what I mean? They're, they're just, they're fantastic, but you know, naturally they, they tend to be very docile animals, especially when they've been hand raised, you know, 
Uh, I, I don't know what would happen if you went and tried to grab a wild one, you know, <laughs> on the island. But uh, he's uh, it's remarkable to see. And it's a different it's a different vibe or not a different vibe, but it's a different experience than, OK, other large animals that I work with. OK, you guys know Mickey, the Aldabra. He's getting huge. He, he's definitely over 80 pounds already. But it's a tortoise. You know, the only thing you don't want Mickey to do is when he becomes a full adult, you don't want him stepping on you, you know. But to have an animal that really could turn around and do something to you if he wanted to be just as docile as Mickey, it's, it's fascinating. And, and it's, it's heartwarming and, it, and it's really, uh, you know, hey, no offense to rhino iguanas that aren't like that. You know what I mean? But, but he's really, uh, you know, a remarkable animal. But real quick, when I post about him, he gets way less likes, way less comments than anything I post about turtles. Okay. That's because people to come my, to you for that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And even my YouTube account, even my YouTube account, I've been doing my episodes and I'm on, ep I'm recording episode seven right now. Episode two is about me building his indoor enclosure. And that, that video has significantly less views than all of my turtle videos. You know, my because turtle people videos don't are, come, yeah, people don't come to you for that. Right? And yeah, it, but if it was on the reptile report where people who are interested in all reptiles are filtered, right. it would get tons of likes. That's why I like than the turtle content. I I love when they share my videos and let people yeah. know what I'm doing because it, it helps bring that crowd in. And, and it's, I posted a photo of one of my milk snakes the other day on, on a colubrid uh, page and a couple of turtle people that were on there commented and they were like, holy crap, I didn't know you were into snakes. And one woman was like, I had to, I had to double check and make sure it was you. They, they couldn't believe that <laughs> it was that foreign to them yeah. that I like snakes too, you know? That's funny. And that's what, and that's what I think I'm, I'm trying to do with this episode. So for, forgive me for, for hijacking it again, but I, I think it, there's nothing wrong with branching out a little bit here and there. 93 and 7%. That's what I'm looking for. Right. What else, Kev? So last one here is what is everyone's favorite native reptile that is not a turtle? Oh man, that is the best question ever. <laughs> I hit my microphone. Kevin, you go first. You go first, Kev. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to pick a reptile. I'm going to pick an amphibian. Uh, just way more fascinated by it. Eastern Newt. I think it's one of the coolest. Oh, amphibians. that's a cool animal. That's what I was going to say. Oh, man, I love them. Liar. I love them, too. When I, see, when I see both color phases, too, when you see them, in, like, I just get so excited when I see those. And they're common, but I just love them. I am stuck on a three-way tie. Uh, I don't know what to go with. Of course you are. Of course you are. Uh, hey, look, there's no rules here. Okay. I'm Eastern milk snake, Eastern king snake, and the Eastern fence swift. We have them here in New Jersey. Uh, they're real easy to go find. Well, I wouldn't say they're easy to find, but they are uh, they're, they're, they're cool. Really cool. That's a lizard. So, yeah. <laughs> someone doesn't know what a swift is. It's a lizard. Yeah, that's cool. I've never seen a, a wild lizard in the Northeast. Oh man, it's so cool. And they're and they're they're just as fast as the anoles, if not faster. Yeah, that's Where's really cool. Five line skinks in Connecticut. We have yeah. them here. I could take you guys to see them here. Um, I just want to share real quick before we move on to anything else. I have to share a story that that when when Kev, when you brought up the anoles before, okay, you yeah. want to talk, you want to go back to childhood memories that really sparked things or really spark a, a very, very clear memory. Um, I've been going to Disney World since I was little. Um, we're major fans of it now. We spent a lot of time going. 
But when I was a kid, I could care less. Okay. I just wanted to be outside in ponds, in the woods, finding whatever I could find, not just turtles. Okay. My, my, my parents and my grandparents took the whole family to Disney World. You know, it was, it was a big deal. My grandfather paid for everything. And we got one of, at the time, Disney was doing uh, these like condos on Disney property. So my grandfather got us this whole little condo right outside the parks. And I had absolutely no idea that there were lizards in Florida. Okay. At this time, I'm really just checking out turtle books, but, you know, I'm interested in the toads around my house and stuff. So. I, I go to, uh, I, I go to Disney, we go to Florida and I start to seeing these little green lizards on the poles, the, the lampposts on the trees. And I'm like, boom, instantly I figure out how to catch them. I'm sneaking around trees. I'm catching them. I mean, I'm, I'm like eight years old at this point. I'm about, I think I, I was, I had to be eight years old cause I hadn't gotten my first tortoise yet, which was when I was nine. And I'm, I'm, I'm catching them, catching them. I'm driving my family crazy because they're down there. They spend all this money on Disney and they just want to go to the parks and go on the rides. And I keep like disappearing and I'm, I'm catching the knolls and I'm putting them in empty water bottles with sticks and dirt and grass <laughs> and I'm bringing them back to the condo. And I've got like all these little, you know, like one or two lizards per thing with some air, air holes popped in, you know, blah, blah. So my, finally, my, my father must have said to my mother or vice versa, they're like, we have to do something about this. Like our vacation is getting ruined because our son doesn't even want to experience Disney. All he wants to do is catch these stupid lizards. Okay. So I'll never forget this. Get ready to go to go to the park. And I've got a water bottle ready for that day that I'm going to put more lizards in. I don't know what I thought I was going to do with them, you know? And my father comes in, my father comes in the front door with his eyes bugging out of his head. And he's like, Christopher, come here, come here. And he's full naming me. So I'm like, oh, damn, you know, he's full naming me. This guy's full naming me right now. What did I do? He's like, Christopher, come here, come here right now. And I'm like, what? He's like, look, we got to talk. I'm like, what? He's like, I was outside and I ran into the maintenance guy. And I'm like, well, what's the maintenance guy, dad? He's like, he's the guy who takes care of the lawn and leaves and everything around here. You know, I'm like, okay. He goes, look, he said, there's a mother lizard that is really angry and she's looking for her babies you have to go let those go right now okay <laughs> he's like she's huge christopher she's huge and she's pissed off she's mad blah blah i i remember being like <gasps> you know like i grabbed every single one ran outside i was like dad you gotta help me and we let him all go and that was it that was it that was that was the end of the annuls for me for that trip until i got older and realized okay Cool story, pops. You know what I yeah. mean? Like next time we go to Florida, I'm gonna catch the lizards. You know, and he saved I, he saved the vacation and confused you for a couple of years after that. He saved the vacation. He confused the hell out of me, and I'm sure he saved the lives of several little anoles that were stuck yeah. in these water bottles. I was gonna say, you could just picture your parents yeah. like walking behind you, like the way you walk behind a toddler and just pick up the messes. But he's just emptying out your water bottles as, as fast like, as you can fill them. I got stupid kid. You know. <laughs> uh, I think my answer would be the northern brown snake, just so you know. Ooh, that's a great one. I love them. They're like everything that's cool about a garter snake. They're just, mm -hmm. they're so cool. So cool. Nice size. They, are. they really nice are. color, intricate pattern. Decays I think they're the snake. Decays. They're great. So time to get into our next feature, which is Pit and Peak. And we all get to be a part of this this time. So 
Who would like to start? Who's the unlucky gent who gets to go first? Kevin Minto. I love I love the bravery. I love it. Good for you. Hey. Um, my pit right now is with everything going on with the spring, you know, coming, getting stuff set for animals outside and whatnot is finding free time to do that without taking away time from my family. And, uh, I've been struggling with that cause I want to get everything accomplished, you know, but then does that cause a strife, you know, in your free time with your family, if they're upset about it. So that's been my pit right now dealing with that. Um, I think it's moving squared away, so I'm happy, you know, but that's good. Uh, peak right now is that things are looking good for spring. So I'm ready for, uh, I mean, summer, excuse me. So I'm ready for that and excited to have the animals outside. It's the best time of year, isn't it? It really is. Even with all the obvious things going on in the world right now, sorry for bringing it up, Chris. Uh, it's it's still a wonderful time to be alive. It really is. I can't think of a better time to be stuck at home. For you know, for me, it's my free time. I'm still working two jobs, but um, when I get to be home outside of work, you know, it's it's nice to it's nice to be home at this time of year when in a new house when I needed to you know build things anyway. So um, I'll go next since I'm already talking. We'll leave Chris for the grand finale on this on this one. Um, you're all set, right, Kev? I'm not. Yeah, no, I'm good. Yep. Cool. Um, I don't want to be rude to you on a podcast. That would be out of character for me. I don't know how I would take that. You know. So, <laughs> so uh, for my pit, my pit right now is eggs. Um, I've I've been getting more and more eggs every year, and. Seem I won't say that I necessarily have a worse hatch rate or fertility rate every year, but um, I, I, d- I definitely have animals that are laying for the first time, so that's adding to the amount of eggs or animals that I that are new to my um, my way of doing things and even my collection. I don't really like the word collection, but you understand what I'm saying. So um, that comes, you know, so the fertility issues come as part of that and and the hatch rate um, dropping comes as part of that. But um, it's something that I'm really trying to figure out. Um, that picture of those four eggs were that that clutch was laid yesterday, a four egg flavo clutch. I was really excited about that's the first time I've ever had a four egg flavo clutch. That's Chinese box turtles for anyone who's not familiar with the um, nickname for them that's based on their scientific species name but uh i'm i'm excited about it but it really is a pit at this point and something that we want to you know improve on that i want to improve on um something that's a positive um is my new pond yeah did you know he he did do his peak didn't he oh did he really did you do your peak kev yeah. Yeah, it was just oh, quick. I didn't even realize yeah. that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. It wasn't so interesting, Chris. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. No, oh, you did man, you did pick one that back. was really quick. Yeah. Yeah. All right, leave it leave that up there for a second, Steve. Let's let that simmer for everybody. So that's my that's my new pond. Um really excited about it. It's the green definitely has to take over a little bit. Chris, what do you think? I think it looks great, man. And and that's the only thing is you know the green, and it will. It's it's yeah. gonna it's gonna come in real nice. That's I've great. got a lot. I think I've got like sixteen hosta already I, in there. I love up. that you hit. I love that you hit all the liner because that's my that's my uh, uh, my bugaboo. 
It was I tough, man. It was I know really it tough. is. Believe me, I know. So can I tell you what this reminds me of? So, okay, in Boogie Nights, um, you have Dirk Diggler, right? Mark Wahlberg's character. He's like the, you know, the real like hotshot guy, right? And he has, he has like an orange Corvette. And Philip Seymour, Philip Seymour Hoffman, that's the guy who plays Scotty, who he's the a- actor who passed away several years ago, really talented actor. So he plays Scotty, who's like a much less attractive, like, film guy who like does filming who really looks up to Dirk Diggler and he buys like this little like gremlin that's like the same color as the Corvette and he's so excited to show Dirk Diggler and then he like tries to kiss him on the lips it gets really awkward that's how I feel in this moment with you Chris right now I don't want to kiss you on the lips but (laughs) I feel like I'm showing you my new orange gremlin and I want I just want you to think it's cool I think it's cool. Thanks, <laughs> I think it looks great. I Thanks, really, really bro. do. And, and and that's the first thing I was looking for when I looked at it. I was like, please hide the liner. Please hide there's, the liner. If, if you look at the picture, there's a little cord from the pump that I have to hide. Oh, still, you can see I, the, yeah, I, I have that problem too. But it's funny, like even like some of the new – I'm putting in new two new pens right now, but you guys saw the – that I, I finished the one new spotted turtle pond. And even now, like whenever we get like a real heavy rain, I run out there and I'm like, I'm like the old man that's like trying to take care of his lawn, but I'm not taking care of my lawn. I'm out there. Like there's a spot of liner over there and I got to like get something to cover it. You know, right? like, I, every day I can't stand seeing it. Right, same here already. Yeah. So but yeah, it looks great. Thanks man. That means a lot. I'm so I'm feeling really accomplished. It was a lot of work. It, you know, we, we, we ended up having to have an excavator come in after Kevin and Charles and Tucker came over to help me dig. And we got really nowhere con- compared yeah. to what four grown men should be able to do. Big and rock. we hit a rock the size of my car. Oh, Tell them I'm not lying, Kev. Tell yeah, them I'm I remember you told me. Yeah. Oh, and then building the, I built the fence by hand and like had to nail in every single board. I decided that was a good idea because it had to be something that was pretty for my wife. So it was... Um, a mess but it's so it feels really good to be at this point now where it's like still spring i'm starting to get some eggs i'm getting my enclosures all situated i spent the whole winter getting my turtle room situated so i'm just i'm feeling really good about where i am so even though egg okay. fertility issues are a thing yeah but there's gonna be something right always yeah and that's what makes it so much fun right is the challenges and the things that we are constantly chasing the thrill of the of the chase not just for acquiring animals or right. uh, significant others but uh you know trying to perfect everything and do the best we can so christopher uh so my pit is similar to kevin's um time management is really especially now being a father of two is really becoming an issue for me. And, you know, part of it is because this is my job. You know, I do this 24 seven around the clock. Uh, I don't report anywhere else every day. And even with being here, I find myself not having enough time to do things. And that's something that I just really wish that I could get a handle on. I don't know that I ever will be able to, um, my wife is amazing and incredibly supportive, but sometimes it gets to her and, 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 you know, it's, it, it can be tough. And I chose this picture because I'm doing nothing. I'm standing there with greens in my hand that don't even go to those tortoises. Cause if you, 
is if you look closely at the ground, they're already eating. And I find myself doing this. I will get to a point where I'm so overwhelmed between maintaining certain things like pens, water quality, greenhouses, um, building new enclosures, still tending to the stuff that's inside the building um, that doesn't go outside, um, family, emails, turtle room stuff, all of that. Everything, and even even music, my, my musical endeavors, and and doing my YouTube videos, and I get to this point where, and I hate this, I just stop because the overwhelming, the overwhelmingness, whatever, is taking over me, and and that's all in that picture that I'm able able to do. And Casey will, my wife will will back me up in that. She will say that sometimes she looks out the window and I'm just staring. Uh, I, I just got through a big, like, I got to do this today and I got to do that and I got to collect eggs. And, and then I, I, we can't go there later because these are, are supposed to nest tonight and, and I got to build that and it's nice today. So I have to take advantage of it. We can't go there. We can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And then I end up just staring because mm-hmm. I get floored by it and I don't know where to go next. So it's, you, you would think that because this is my job that I have all the time in the world, but you never do. There's not enough time in one day. And I hope for myself that one day I can learn to let certain things go. I'm the kind of person like the new spotted turtle pond. I needed it done in no more than 36 to 48 hours. And I did it. I finished it, but it, you know, it became an issue with, with time management because I'm also very impatient. So that's something I would like to get better at. I find that to be completely, absolutely profound in every way. That's that speaks to me so much because you you get a you have a finite amount of time that you can actually go out there and accomplish what you need to accomplish and there's no nobody's making the rule nobody's saying this has to happen first this has to happen first it's all on you right. to figure out the priority and it's it's you know you're weighing different things it's it's what do i feel like doing what does my body tell me i can do what do i think is the highest priority for the animals which is always most important when that comes into play but but you know there's nuance there it's not something that's just black and white do this today do this today do this today and by the time you hit the pillow at the end of the night you're so tired you're not making a list for the next day most nights so you're just getting up and it's like okay what am i going to start with mm-hmm. um yeah it's amazing how many times i go to sleep saying i'm going to do this when i wake up at 5 a.m the next morning yeah. and that's not what i end up doing because i get exactly. down there and i have a different thought and the next thing i know it's time to jump in the shower and get to work. Oh, it's so. like today, today for prime example, it was, it was, it was 80 degrees here and I wanted to get the, you know, they were reopened the state park. So I wanted to take the family to, to one of our favorite spots to go herping. And that's what we did. We, we put the girls in the carriage and we, and we, for, for hours today, you know, and then by the time I got home, I was like, oh man, it, it's two 30. I got to get to this pen. I got to get to that pen because those guys need to go outside. So that's how it goes. But you know what? Yeah. I probably should not complain. Now that's your pit. What do you have for your peak? My peak, which I think you guys will find funny, is I am getting really good at accepting negative comments on my social media. I didn't expect to hear that. Yeah, I'm getting really, really good at it. Uh, Even Casey has said, uh, I used to really be affected by it. And I think part of it was because I wasn't expecting to ever um, get this kind of attention or, or, or have this kind of following. And I guess I kind of always assumed that it would just be positive and it's not, you know? Um, so I chose this picture. If everybody can see, um, this was a picture that I posted, uh, I don't know, maybe two years ago, I think it was. And it is of a line of Asia minor tortoises, which we refer to as the Ibera Greek in the hobby. 
And this was a day that was extremely hot in the 90s. The real field was like 101. And they all, interestingly, lined up in this very narrow strip of shade right against the west-facing wall of the pen. And I posted about it, you know, how they chose this little strip. I got ripped apart. People were like, I would expect better from you. Why don't you give them hiding places? They're being forced to do that, blah, blah. And that was a post that really got to me because not so much because people were saying negative things to me and it was like, oh, how could you insult me? I wasn't trying to be on my high horse. It was, this is the kind of world we live in where these people are commenting on this. You can't see the whole pen. You can see one little segment of that pen. And that was the thing that hurt me. I was like, this is the kind of world we live in. These people, these keyboard tough guys just jump on there and they're being animal rightsy about it and stuff. And I, re I got all hot and bothered about it and I was all ready to, to attack some of these people that were claiming that I didn't know how to take care of my tortoises and that they were suffering in the heat and that was the only place that they needed to go, okay? Whereas anybody who knows me knows that I go beyond, be above and beyond for my animals. They've got all kinds of options, but I chose that, because, I chose that picture because I thought it was really interesting that all the animals had the same idea to pick that. So naturally my wife had talked me off the ledge, no, you can't go saying that to people, you know? <laughs> And uh, over, the, over time, especially in the last year, I've just learned to, I just don't care anymore. You know, if it's a really bad comment where I think it might affect other people and I happen to see it, because I don't see all my comments. There's, there's, it's hard to keep track of all that stuff. So I apologize if anybody ever thinks I'm not answering them. It's not on purpose. But I, if, I, if I get wind that something's really bad, I'll delete it. Not so much for my sake, but for anybody else, because some of my friends might try to defend me and I don't need a war. You know what I mean? Um, but if it's just, uh, yeah, you should be providing more, uh, huts for your tortoises to hide in, but I leave it. And I, I don't even care. I don't even tell my wife about it. There's been a million things said that, that I, I don't even talk about anymore. And, and I, and I'm proud of myself for that because I never, I don't think I accepted that early on that, you know, people that that's, Freedom of speech, people have things to say. It's social media, it's an open platform. You can say and do whatever you want. And by taking that choice to be relevant on social media and present, you have, you have, to, you have to accept that. You have to know that that's coming. You know? And I just think I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself. I'm getting really better at that. I'm just kind of really not phased by it anymore. That's awesome, man. Really, really great. And you should be really proud because I know how much you've grappled with that in the past. Yeah, it was tough. <laughs> Yeah, it's and so I, I only partially believe you, but it's good oh, to hear I'm dead you say serious. It anyway. I'm, I'm dead serious now, and and you, you have helped me with that. Wow, that means a lot. Wow, we're having some real mushy moments here tonight. Well, I like it's, this. It's, it's true, you know. You guys have all, even Steve. You know, there's been times with certain situations where we're where you know, Steve, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do about this, and he would be like, well, you know, and 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 he would talk me through it, and uh, thank you. Better because of it. I love you guys. I'm doing great. I'm doing, I'm doing so great. That noose is looking great right now. Oh my gosh, you need to stop that. Um, so on to our last segment, and I think Steve's going to join us for this one. Are you going to join us for this one, Steve? He is, yeah. Look at that. He also has a timer on screen for this one, too. Oh, boy, oh, boy. He's talking, and again, I don't know if people can hear him. I see a little icon that says that your mic's off. So. 
Two different feeds he's sending us. I don't understand what that means. Okay. I'm just going to keep repeating what he says because I don't know if people can actually hear. I'm just going to act like I'm repeating for understanding. One, uh, communication, core communication skill number three. Okay. So we are on to our best taxa, best species spotlight, which is like our rapid fire bonus round, right? Where, where we give the wheel the final spin. And um, what do we think? How, how much time do we want this time, guys? Kev, you got your timer ready? Oh, 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 okay, all right, all right. Steve's got it set for a minute. We're gonna do a minute. Okay. We're gonna do a minute. All right, Kevin, you going first again? Uh, no, I wanna go second. <laughs> okay, okay, awesome, awesome. So, Chris, go first then. All right, so, uh, all right, when's the time? Uh, all right, count me I'm off, Steve. tell you. What are we count talking about? Oh, okay. Yeah, I did it again. I okay. Did it again. I'm looking at the live. Hold on. Do not say start yet. Hold on. Why is he? Why is he going? Why is this I mean, happening? Why, why, why do what we need this happening? Okay. Attack. We're doing the best. Oh, non-turtle. Non-turtle. That's right. I reptile. We are doing that, the that we non. Like. Yes, this is our and, favorite and this, taxa. I'm doing this on purpose too, and I just want to say this. So nobody, we've done this three shows in a row, but I, I want to preface this by saying. We're not saying this is the best, and we're not ranking animals. We're, it's it's like when sports talk, they do this like, well, who's the Mount Rushmore for the Chicago Bulls? Who would, who's the best quarterback of all time? Like those conversations are so silly and ridiculous, but but that the fact that they're silly and ridiculous is what makes them so wonderful because there is no right answer. And what I use to determine my answer will be different than what you use. Which is why every time there's like a top top 100 movies of all time, people get so frustrated about what someone else puts on the top of the list. But we all have our own perspective. Sure. And those things are like really popular for a reason. It's because it's all based on opinion. So we'd love to hear in the comments uh, what your thoughts are as well to the viewers. Um, you can tell us why we're, why we're stupid and, and why we're, you know, not... Right, but okay. Okay, so Chris is going to start, and we're going with the best species or the most, you know, the species that you appreciate most. That's not a turtle. That's not a turtle. Okay, I'm ready, Steve. I think that means go. Okay, I picked the eastern milk snake, Lampropeltus triangulum triangulum, which is a subspecies of. Lampropeltis triangulum. It is, an, in, it is indigenous to the eastern United States. It is a non-venomous colubrid. It is colored a beautiful gray to white with rusty to red-orange checkers or bands along its body, if you will. They're not a very big snake at all. They can be pretty friendly. I raised one from a hatchling. It's one of my favorite herps. And they, have, they actually have some pretty interesting other names that they go by. Some people call them the cow sucker. For real. Go look it up. They call them the cow sucker. They even call them the checkered adder. Okay? Or the checkered something else. I don't know. The point is they're a great snake. They're awesome. I'm unhappy to say that I've never been able to see one in the wild, but I have raised one from a hatchling. And again, she is one of my favorite herps. I highly recommend them if you're looking for a great snake and you can find truly captive red, because if you're not, wild caught ones are not really the best choice. So there you go. Eastern milk snake. Love them. He shouldn't have gone first. That was so <laughs> good. Can you guys hear me? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, Chris. Okay. You, you guys didn't answer if you could hear me. I can hear, I can hear you. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. 
We're live again? Hey. We're live. Good. We're live right now? Yeah, we're good. So what was the last thing? So what was the last thing the audience heard us say? Can we find that out? Did you drop your last answer? Really? Yeah. I said we should end on that, and then it ended. Oh wow! Holy heck! Yeah. That's crazy. So they did get my Eastern milk rants because I don't think I could ever do that again. Okay. You couldn't. <laughs> I, I'll be the first to tell you. You are a talented man. You could not do that again. Definitely not. <laughs> wow. So how do how do they still see us even though we just dropped off? That's All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on. Let's uh, let's get who, hey. who's going next. Listen, I will go off on a tangent when I want to. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm just trying to bring it back in. I like it. I, I like it. I like it. That was very nice. All right. Kevin said he was going second. Congratulations, Kev. Awesome. Uh, <coughs> let's set the stage, you know? All right. Next band. Next band. On your mark, get set, go. So I chose the Gila monster. Uh, Heloderma suspectum. Uh coolest animal in the world in my opinion literally and i'm not exaggerating and i love turtles more than anything but if my, if my wife said you can get rid of your turtles and keep one of these i would i love this animal i think it's the just the coolest coolest thing when you look at it look how prehistoric it is look at all those osteoderms on their face that's actually if you look at their skeletal structure you'll see those on their actual their skull it's not just like a skin thing yeah. you know uh they're omnivores, they'll eat pretty much anything. You know, they're scavengers, and they have a, they don't drop their tail, so they have their fat reserve there. So they can survive an entire year on like three meals, like three big meals, uh -huh. you know? And it just, uh, with their metabolic rate, it's so cool. I don't know, I just, I think it's the most fascinating animal. Fair enough. Good job. Yeah. Good they're using their, yeah, they use their venom to like create all kinds of medicines too. It's just, it's a really unique animal. That's awesome, man. You did a really good job. I, I like this. I, I think it brings out the best in everyone. <laughs> it does. It's like it forces you to get like uber focused and just zone in, which I really like. Steve, are you still going? I'm going to try to. I don't know okay. if people can hear me. You sound a little weird now, but that's well, all right. I could do a little weird. Oh, that's why. We're hearing you double. Got it. Okay. Got oh, did it. I okay. You went. You were, you were about three seconds under a minute, Kev, and then you kept talking, and then you were like a minute ten. Yeah, just saying. Hmm. I can go next. I can go next because I don't want to be like a jerk and make everybody go and then me go last. And my and I don't know if mine deserves going last. So Steve, you're gonna go last, okay? Assuming people can hear him. So while I go, let us know in the chat if you can hear Steve, who looks who's who looks like Nelly right now. With his St. Louis Cardinals hat. Why did you? You didn't want to put the Band-Aid under your eye. Is it getting hot in there? Tell me when you're ready. I'm waiting for you. Hey, I would say. Okay, good. Really? My picture? My picture sideways? I can't, I can't, I can't, this isn't good. Go! Go! Man. <laughs> it's a ball python. 
Uh, a royal python, Python Regis. And that that's the scientific name, isn't it? Yes. So listen, I wanted to give a shout out to the royal python because it is the superstar of herpeticulture, whether you like it or not. And when I want to bring, at that point, my two-year-old daughter to see and touch and, and, and handle a snake for the first time in her life and set her up to, to not be afraid of them for the rest of her life, that's the species I want to go to. And as much as you may say, eh, they don't really do it for me. They're just too popular. And I hear snake people on the podcast all the time complaining about ball pythons, royal pythons. It is a great species for somebody who wants something that's going to be a great pet. Wonderful. Oh, yeah. That was my daughter, Madalena. She likes, <laughs> she takes after me. She's, she's like into the turtles. And... I thought you were going to pick your daughter as the non-turtle taxa. And I was going to like, well, great. Thanks for making us all look like terrible fathers. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. I, I hate that. I hate that awkward thing. Like, listen, this is what I'm into. This is my yeah. favorite thing in the world. It doesn't mean I don't love my family. I want to enjoy it with them, but like, I'm sorry. Like, this is what makes me excited for me. It's my, it's my me thing. The turtle so, thing is my thing. It does, I don't love it more than my family. It's I, a metaphorical just, man cave. Yeah, that's it. Right? It's, uh, yeah, my favorite thing. Doesn't mean I don't love my family. No. Yeah. All so, right, Steve. Steve. All right. I'm going to pray it. they're hearing me, and we're <laughs> just going to give this a shot. Well, they said you're so, hearing you. I'm hearing myself on the monitor feeds, so I think we're good. That's awkward. Um, my pick for best non-turtle species is the emerald tree monitor, Varanus prasinus. Um, I just think they're absolutely gorgeous. I love their arboreal habitats and... They're very engaging with their keepers from what I've seen. I got to see a pair of them off exhibit at, I think it was Zoo Knoxville several years ago. They're, I, I mean, you can't go wrong with monitors. And a smaller monitor that you can manage, great pick. Excellent. Awesome. You were well under a minute. I was. I like it. I though. wasn't I as really well like prepared it. as you he were. He left though. a lot more. That's, that's all. true. That's true. And then you, and then you had the, you were listening to your own echo and you weren't sure if you had sound at one point. I get it. I get it. You definitely dealt with the most adversity and we all dealt with adversity after Chris. So I get it. <laughs> so my, this is what I love about that segment right there is the opportunity to do something that we can all take our own interpretation of, right? So I just really like it. Steve's going to fix, fix our echo now. So we tried to do something different this time, and maybe it hurt us on the tech side again. But that's okay, because it's the end of the show anyway. I don't hear myself echoing anymore, so that's really nice. All right. Yay! So thank you to, to those who stuck with us through the show tonight. Um, we'd love to hear more feedback on what you thought, um, what you think about our thoughts on tonight's show. And if you have an idea for a guest or a topic, um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we'll be back next month. 
first Monday in June, barring any unforeseen wild situations. Um, we will be here, and we do have a guest lined up for that, correct? We feel confident in that? Is he, is he on the chat right now? He's on the chat right now. Oh, yeah. we feel confident about that. So we're having Greg on from Greg's Turtle Haven, right? I got that right. My calendar in my head. Yep. Yeah. So we're really excited about that. Um, Greg specializes in uh, snapping turtles, alligator snapping turtles um, in the wild. He's someone who tunes into the show all the time and always has good feedback and good thoughts and um, I've learned some things about alligator snappers from him that he doesn't even know that I've learned from him. So I look forward to communicating with him on that. And um, yeah, so Kevin, did you just send that to me? Yeah. You you want me to ask the viewers Ooh, if anyone wants to make up? Let's ask. If, if anyone is sitting at home during quarantine and wants to make a 20 second jingle for us to use on the podcast as our like song outro you know intro outro yeah we can't say we're going to use it necessarily but it'd be great to have our viewers interest you know their ideas are you are you no, drunk it's right got to be good no it's got to be good <laughs> okay. be i just good. was wondering it's be you good. see you seem a little looser than you did at the beginning of the show i was wondering if maybe you had like a wine wine box on a iv or something that no. i didn't know about I didn't okay aha seltzer Oh, uh -huh. I love seltzer. I think I said that last show. Sorry. Uh -huh. Yes, indeed. Yeah. We'll just make it a yeah. monthly feature. Okay. So we got Greg coming in June. We're going to have him on. We're going to talk about alligator snapping turtles and some other things. Right. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. we, um, uh, actually, I just got a message real quick from Steven Sefuentes. And he huh. said, the podcast is great. And what if we did a non-turtle-related topic every three months? He enjoys the turtle topics, and that's why he joined it. But that's pretty cool. That could be something to consider. Maybe every three shows we break away for a little bit. You know, could something we could talk about. Thank you. Uh, I don't, And I don't think the whole show has to be. Obviously, I don't think this show was just a, was about other herps at all. We're, we're turtle guys. It always comes back to that. We don't shut up about turtles. But I would I would love to see the other podcasts about yeah. turtle stuff. Which is why this is yeah. going so long. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, exactly. So, yeah, we'll see you guys in June. Thank you. May the fourth be with you. Ooh, nice. Bring it back to that. Full circle. Anybody nice. else want to add anything before we sign off? Nope. Okay. Be strong, people. Be happy. Stay positive. Deuces. Love all animals.